24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. You're listening to Mentally Sound on Spice FM. and welcome. It's Friday, it's afternoon, it's 12 o'clock, it must be medley sound time. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a, a supermarket or something, isn't it? It's like, oh, the, the, the late great Dale Wilton, it's supermarket sweep. Come on, Oh no, that's the price is right, isn't it? Um, hello, everybody. My name is. This is a typical uh, non non sequitur uh, introduction to Mentally Sound uh, with your host Stephen Hesselwood, and I'm here with my delightful co-host Mr. Ricky Salmon. 
Um, and we're here to talk all things mental health. Well, when we say all things mental health, quick disla- disclaimer at the beginning of the show, if it's your first time listening, we've been doing this show for about two and a half years, something like that. Um, you know, we had a previous radio station before this, uh, been on Spice for about a year. And yeah, so we do a disclaimer at the minute if this is your first time listening, is that we do discuss mental health. We're quite open about it. It's the point of the show, hence the title Mentally Sound. But when we say all about mental health, we don't just sit here and depress the hell out of you. Uh, we, we literally do talk about other stuff and catch up and we like to think there's laughs and, and fun times involved. Um, but it's just about being open and upfront and honest and to talk about things basically to have mental health kind of like the everyday conversation that mm-hmm. it should be mm-hmm. um, and also to show because we have mental health issues not that it's a requirement to be on the show but that we are capable human beings and can do stuff to the best of our ability mm-hmm. and we hope we can do that with your ears longingly going this is fantastic and amazing and what a great show and if it doesn't we apologise <laughs> <laughs> but we try our best yeah. Um, but yeah so as usual uh, we have a really huge packed show with this obviously guest orientated we're here live on Spice FM here in Newcastle but we have some phone interviews lined up which we'll talk to you about when, as and when they happen um, we have Eric and Graham who's our first guest in about about 10 minutes time something like that um, who are here to talk about Clean Slate which is the financial support for vulnerable people um, very very useful because we've talked about um, you know because Killed by My Death yeah I think we've, um, we've had a few shows now where we've talked about death yeah. in, a, in, a, in a very kind of uh, way in which because I think it's more evident that it's, be, it's, it's a huge crisis and um, that yeah that Killed by My Death it's something I still think about you know uh, you know, it was the, probably the most impacting docudrama I've seen in a yes. long while. So. Uh, BBC Three, if those are interested, um, I might still be up. I'm not sure. I, I think, think it is, so because yeah. I think, think it's it lasts yeah. about a month. Yeah. So yeah, if you have the iPlayer, you can find it on BBC Three's website or BBC iPlayer. And yeah, it's about a person who um, got into debt over a traffic fine that kept going up and up and up and up and up. Um, and so basically it's been a long-running theme well I say long-running a more recent theme for us at the show because the whole point I guess of doing this show is not only the capability argument that I just described but we basically want to have examples of everyday life where mental health is a factor and obviously you know getting involved in debt um, you know any any other situational thing is usually on the back of having a mental health issue or or something that you get involved in you know by an accident you know mm-hmm. if you're struggling for money or whatever which is what that is then obviously mental health issues can come as a consequence of that so it's it's looking at things in a in a realistic sense and pointing out that mental health is probably more predominant than a lot of people think and um, hence the you know the statistic of one in four people um have a mental health issue and, i also think know. as well it's becoming more apparent that whenever people have a certain physical um injury or disease or condition it's it's often the reason behind it often is because it's a mental health reason i find yeah. that the the relationship between the two is more it seems to dovetail more and more mm-hmm. as, as i find and uh which is why we need par- parity of esteem um <coughs> we need I to mean. treat treat them both at the same time as we as we treat you know physically so absolutely um and so on that note um anyone who listens to the show regularly will know that we discuss our the first bit we took discussed before as i said our guest graham and eric will be here in about five minutes is how is one doing i don't know why i said one is it like you it's you're the queen or king of england what is one how is one, one is fine yeah <laughs> very good <laughs> <laughs> let's move on um but no seriously um 
how are things uh, been? Yeah, I'm, I'm not so bad. Um, I think we, we the nights are kind of getting shorter a little bit, you may have noticed. Do you think yeah. it's getting a bit chillier now? Mm-hmm, thank God. <laughs> so the heat, the heat wave is becoming a, a distant memory past, um, mm-hmm. which which I'm delighted about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not too bad, just sort of plodding on. Um, good days, bad days. Um, uh, nothing too much uh, to report on. Uh, great. I mean, Spice FM, I thought you guys did a terrific job. I was at the Mella last um, uh, bank holiday weekend. Over at Exhibition Park, mm-hmm. uh, despite the weather being against us, uh, it was a really good show, great food. Um, mentally wise, yeah, fine. My 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 youngest nephew turned one the other day, Aww. and he just makes you think, where does the time go? Yeah, and uh, it was nice to. Yeah, didn't you? Bring, didn't you mention that on this show? Uh, I think you might have done at the time. After mention my, my, my nephew, you must have done. Yeah, um, but my my oldest nephew, he starts school. He starts school this <laughs> Monday and next week. How how ridiculous! Which is astonishing. Gosh, uh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, time passing is just insane. And I think, I mean, what's nice about it as well is that you know, for people who have not listened to this show, you know, all the time, is we only just did um, mental health, the mental health show. Um, yeah, just come in, guys, take a seat. Um, yeah, and we just um, we we only just started doing two two shows a week. Um, two shows a month, I should say. So the benefit of that is that, that we now actually notice. We don't actually notice that we've went to two shows a month. I don't think. Do you, do you well, think I did. Yeah, but I did miss. I think uh, the last week, the week before, I was thinking, "Gosh, when's Mentally Sound back on?" Because <laughs> because we'd got used to the two week thing, and then this this month was another month where there was a three week gap. Yeah, and I was. I was literally. I know because the day is the thirty first. I know. I know because you know what it is as well. Actually, I, I can point that. I'll point that out to you. Right. Uh, and um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to bring this up. It's last week mm-hmm. because there's, we'll get into that when we have a bit more time. Because obviously we've got our guests waiting. Mm-hmm. Is that I was trying to organise my mum moving to a oh, new yeah. a new care place, which yeah. I just touched on Ricky as we were walking in. Yeah. And the real the reason that. I'm saying this is that there were we're not we weren't sure exactly when she was going to move and mm-hmm. it, there was a there was a slight um, chance it might have been last week and mm-hmm. last week but because mm-hmm. the, the the flat's getting ready because it's just it obviously have a previous tenant yeah. so they're trying to get it ready for my mom so they yeah. do like health checks and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, so it, it was a I was panicking, going, "What if it's last Friday?" And I'm going, oh, "I've got Aww. the radio show to think about and all this kind of thing." And then all of a sudden, I just went. Why is Ricky not? It contacted me, back. <laughs> and I'm just going. He's not like gave up on the show or anything, has he? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's, and, I, and I just suddenly realised, when's next Friday? Oh, next Friday is the thirty. Doesn't that just go to show yeah. that we should, we should remain in touch? You know? Yeah, we should we should, we should keep tabs on each other. But as way, we'll yeah. talk about later in the show, because we're here till two p.m. for those who are, um, who are listening for the first time, and we will get on to this, the hecticness that is my life currently, <laughs> and the fact that I'm moving out of my flat and everything, and I'm helping my mum move into our care place, and obviously. There's Loads of legal stuff as well because her case well, the date's the most um, um, stressful period, isn't it, when you're moving? Out? I, and I, you're I, doing I, it twice with I, your mum. Yes, as well, so. I'm doing it three times technically because I'm also making sure because obviously with my partner being pregnant, she's yeah. struggling to you know get the flat ready for me to leave. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, um, you know, not they listen to this, but a huge, a huge thank you to my partner's family because yeah. without them I don't I don't know where we'd be because they helped organise her flat for her because you know with having a you know with two months away from the pregnancy well two and a bit months um, till our baby's here and she just is obviously struggling a lot more mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, huge thank you to them for that um, but we'll talk about that later so anyway as we touched on at the beginning of the show we have some two excellent guests 
and they're sharing a microphone, so I'll just let them know. If you do, if one of you talk, if you could just lean into the microphone so we can hear you correctly, that's great. Or if you want to, because you're sitting there, pull the microphone to you if you want, that's, that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, um, so as we touched on, uh, financial support in particular for vulnerable people is something that we've discussed on the show a lot uh, we had on the mother of um, what's the name, is, name is Tracy Rogers Tracy Rogers her, her that's son right. Jerome tragi- tragically took yeah I don't know if you guys came death. across Killed by My Debt but it was on BBC3 and we had the wife um, the wife the, the mother of uh, Jerome who the, the documentary was based about um, and we've had you know, um, there was another company we had on which um, oh, uh, yeah, me, stop, stop loan shock. Yes, and that's the um, one. I think it's um, been a, it's been yeah, a recurring theme. Yeah, we've talked so about debt. And we've talked about universal credit and yeah, the impact. So, so like obviously that kind of stuff. But let me Bit first introduce. Yes, go ahead. We spend most of our time on debt. Yeah. All right. Universal credit. Yeah. And loan sharks. I mm-hmm. mean. If I get you to lean in as well, that'd be great. I'll be closer to um, your friend. That would be excellent. Yeah, that's right. That's perfect. Thanks. Um. Yeah, so anyway, so I'll introduce this to Eric and Graham are here, and uh, as I said, the the, 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 co- the company they're going to talk about is Clean Slate, which is a fantastic name, <laughs> I would just like to say for our financial thing, that makes a great deal of sense. So I guess first of all, we'll, we'll, we'll go one at a time, um, is can you guys just talk about what that is and like how it started? Right, uh, Clean Slate, right, thanks for the <laughs> thumbs up, it always got the thumbs up. What happened is, uh, it's... It's important to put it like as a backdrop. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I've nearly done 14 years now, so there's well some done. sort of distance under my belt. But when I was in the early stages of my recovery, and this applies a lot to mental health issues as well, there was, and I don't want to slag anyone off, like Citizens Advice Bureau and Welfare Rights, mm-hmm. but there was a little, it's better now than it used to be, but there was a bit of a stigma mm-hmm. attached to it, like the condition that I was in, mm-hmm. was I brought it on myself, mm-hmm. and th- that was, that, you know, when I... The experiences that I had gone through were, were, were not something that I wish anyone mm-hmm. else would share. Mm-hmm. In fact, last year I was on the evening, the front page of the journal saying, uh, it's not a case of I went to my careers teacher at school and said I want to be an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of that, a bit mm-hmm. of yeah. homelessness, a bit of yeah. thieving, a bit of trouble with the police <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's why I so said when I looked at the existing services, there was no one that really had a kind ear to people with who were out of the ordinary, the mm-hmm. one-size-fits-all thing didn't mm-hmm. cater for me. So I then I went to, um, I, I co- coincidentally, I got two jobs with government agencies. One was a child support agency, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a nightmare. Then frying pan to the fire, I went from there to the tax credits helpline. Mm-hmm. Both government agencies set up to help people, both failing miserably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I started to come to the conclusion that there was a need, there was a requirement for a separate standalone agency that looked at everyone's sort of... A gap in the market, so to speak. Yeah. Sorry? A gap in the market, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah. So that's how we set up mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Clean Slate. And we, we do two things. The best things that we do are one-to-one advice. And we do that for people mainly in recovery from mm-hmm. addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is, as you can sort of imagine, when people get dry or sober, they the majority of people have some sort of baggage with financial products mm-hmm. uh, with problems so we try and take that some of that immediate problem away from them, the yeah. crisis of it and then reintroduce it back into their lives mm-hmm. because okay. even though you know what's interesting is and this applies sort of in the mental health way and it's it's difficult to explain but you guys will understand I'm sure is 
one of the things people do is they have they nearly build in a failure to because if you don't if you're taking your recovery seriously you have to attend attend to all aspects of your life mm -hmm. including your finances mm -hmm. and if you don't it's mm -hmm. likely to come back and mm -hmm. bite you in the mm -hmm. in the whatnot yeah and the number of people that we've helped mm -hmm. and I've come back and said how are you doing I'm, oh I was doing fine and then what happened was the bloody council tax got all of us and stuff like that yeah so and then that that's their trigger to go mm -hmm. back onto the substance abuse sort of yeah. so yeah. it's to, it's yeah. to get across that message you know you need to take this seriously mm -hmm. um yeah, I guess like there's a number of things I'm thinking of when you were explaining that, and we'll get um, Eric to talk in a second. It's Eric Wright and Graham, I got the right around, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so that was Graham talking for those that are listening. Um, I, there's a number of things I wanted to, to say before we get Eric in. Is, um, I mean, there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you a direct thing, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right because we've talked to a lot of recovering people, whether it be alcohol. Al alcohol is a, a, another one that we've talked a ton about. There was actually a guy who used to help on the show who was actually, a he, he was a recovering alcoholic, which is what I'm going to ask you in a second. Um, but one of the things that I think, it's it's about the fact if you have an addiction, because that's essentially what you're talking about as, a, as an addiction, whatever it may be, is that I think like, a lot of the time as a byproduct of that you avoid responsibility or like it's probably or pressure or everything's like too much for you so if you deal with whatever your addiction is you've still got like your everyday issues of life to deal with and it's that exactly what you're pointing out and it's 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 the obvious thing is like triggers this is what you're basically describing a triggers it triggers where basically it it reminds you of how you felt and also reinforces that like you know all this negative mental health side of things of you're not good enough you know you don't know what you're doing um, and that's why it's um, it's I'm delighted you know it's very powerful you saying that because I think you're you know it's, that's that's the underpinning mm -hmm. of an addiction that no one talks about um, and I so I wanted to ask you the thing about recovering alcoholics you mentioned alcoholism um, I, I go along with the like because I, I do have an addictive personality I have bipolar disorder so I very often struggle with stuff like that um, I was a, smoking was my thing I quit smoking like a hundred times um, so I guess what I'm asking is do you believe in the principle of when someone says like oh I'm a recovered alcoholic that there's alcoholics that I've met and know who don't like that term and kind of think that you should say you're always recovering because it's a constant struggle um, I'm intrigued to know if you agree with that premise the journey and stuff like that. Is yes. Uh, I don't know. There's like, there's a few things. I work a lot with um, where we're based is is in George Street, which is the Road to Recovery Trust. Okay. And they just on that, you guys were based here at the Beacon before. Yeah, we yeah. were. Yeah. yeah. All right. We won an award here. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, and, um, <laughs> yes, we love the Beacon. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they'll be so pleased you said that. <laughs> yeah. Our sponsors just went up. <laughs> the, the Road Recovery Trust follows the twelve-step program of abstinence. Yes. Right? Yeah. Re recovery. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I went along to some AA meetings early on in my recovery. And uh, it they're all different. They're all like they're all independently run and maybe like a franchise op 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 operation. Oh, so it may have been the one that I was un unlucky. But the thing that struck me was uh, with it, and I'm not knocking AA. Oh no, no, certainly not. But it's that they spend a lot of time in the past. I see. Talking about you know, and I was more keen to. I, I'm fully aware of my past. Mm -hmm. I don't need reminding of it all mm -hmm. the time. So yeah. Stuff. But I'm more keen to. Look to the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and my, Good point. My, my, my daughter, for instance, asks me, "Will I ever?" I often get asked, "So, will I ever drink again?" Mm -hmm. And then, I, and then I go back to a principle of AA, which is one day at a time. Mm -hmm. But I, to be honest, now after fourteen <coughs> years, mm 
I don't I don't wake up every morning like I used to and yeah. say today I'm not going to have a drink. Yeah, uh, it's sort of automatically installed. <coughs> So, Great, yeah. so it's, it's a bit of a cliched answer to be honest, but it's, That's it's, fine. it's a bit of a journey, a different journey for ev everyone. Um, I see, I, what I see is like, uh, what frustrates me a lot is people still saying to people, you need to pull yourself together. That's a phrase we like ban on the show because <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how much that irritates like me. Like when people ask me, don't panic. Yeah, yeah. but I've got an anxiety disorder. Yeah, yeah good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about you just don't think about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By saying that, you make me think about it. Like, oh, we've, done, we've done some, we've got some great work with volunteers that we've got at the, yeah. at the, over the years. And the, all three of them that, that we've had are intuitively non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that is, it's a, it's a rare, well, not rare quality, but it's a quality once I see it. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Good, hopefully it'll reinforce other people of that generation to be just the same. Let's get um, let's get Eric in, because um, um, uh, I just saw, Eric, obviously go back to the original question, but clean slate for you, like how did, how was you, you involved and like what's your role in it? Um, well, I met Graham probably about six years ago now six or seven years ago mm -hmm. when uh, Graham was uh, originally had the idea of Clean Slate and I was involved in helping develop the website okay mm -hmm. um, and then more recently the back end of last year Graham sort of approached us as a, as a catch-up type of thing and was telling us about his work he's doing um, with addictions and things and also he was getting very involved in the debt uh, debt management okay mm -hmm. and um he wanted to do a lot more to um, help people who were falling into debt. Yeah. Because obviously debt can be a bit of an addiction as well. And yeah. People do tend to put their head in the sand type of thing and not think about it. Yep. And he wanted to find a way uh, how he could help more people type of thing. So I actually came back with the idea of starting a, a new website that's dedicated to helping people with debt problems. Mm -hmm. And um, basically that's where I'm more involved at the moment with Graham on the debt management side. The new website's called managingwithmoney.com mm. and we'll have, uh, Graham actually writes the um, the tutorials, we'll have video tutorials online for people to watch. Right. And also, um, what our aim is really is to try to educate people into how not to fall into debt because it's so easy these days mm. to fall into debt and also, I think that um, when credit card companies and banks actually market their loans to people, it, it's <laughs> to have it down to a perfect system. Yeah. And before students know it, they seem to get a free overdraft. They seem to be bombarded with credit cards. And really, they don't, they don't actually realise how easy it is to slip into a situation that could ruin their lives, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So mm -hmm. What we want to do is to try to encourage schools to take on our tutorials mm -hmm. and yeah. to educate people in yeah. it, into what can happen. And if it does happen, how to get out yeah. of it, you know. Yeah, that's the key point. It's, yeah. it's, it's trying to give them some help, you know. Yeah, go on, Graham. What are you going to jump in? That debt programme that, uh, that, that, that was on about the lad who'd got, who committed suicide. Yeah, killed by my debt, yeah. yeah. If he'd had some of it, if he'd had access to some of the tutorial stuff that we do, then, you know, perhaps that mm -hmm. tragedy might might not have happened. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, I'm so glad you said that, because that was going to be my my segue, is if you haven't seen that sort of dramatisation of, of Jerome's life, um, 
I'm so pleased the way you just said it there of actually showing people what to do if they're in that situation because I find the frustrating aspect of, you know, if you have got certain charities around or they're very often graded out of voice in their opinion of going, oh, you know, you know, like this is, this is, this is, this is how, this is how you, sh- what you should have done. But what do you do now? This is the thing, this is the thing that well, I, the, the, yeah. The thing, and it goes back to my first dealings with advice agencies and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a little bit, and the overtone's still there, a little bit of I'm all right, but you're not. <laughs> I, can, I can help you. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you need to do. This is what I do because I'm a better person than you. Yeah, right. yeah. Don't I did that. Yeah. There's some people who are even addicted to advice agencies, so they, so they get passed <laughs> up and they get sent back out of the real world again. Yeah. And what should I have for my breakfast? <laughs> well, I, like, I like the idea that you've got, you've got tutorials because often <laughs> someone in a vulnerable situation will automatically perhaps go to a loan shark company. Yeah. And I think the idea of actual tutorials there as a, as a prevention or like an interception cause, if you like, is really great. So how do people find out about that? I mean, is that just something that you guys have done uniquely? or it, is it's, it? it's being developed as we speak. It right. should be ready to be actually launched and for charities and schools okay. and universities to use it over the next couple of weeks. Great, great. Um, you hit, you know, you hit the, the nail on the head when you said how are you going to promote it, mm-hmm. because we've Graham and myself have done this um, without any grants, mm-hmm. without any financial help, and we're running the whole thing on a shoestring. Mm-hmm. So if there is anybody listening who could think they could help <laughs> with any PR or free advertising, would love to talk with them. Yeah. You know, um, any schools or colleges or universities or charities. Just need to check our website out at the moment, managingwithmoney.com. Yeah. We're very keen on input. Like it's 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 to be led by the users, you know. Mm-hmm. I've got a whole lot of case studies. I must I've, I've helped hundreds of people, if not nigh on a thousand mm-hmm. possibly. So I've got we've got a whole lot of history. But if anything, we're not missing the point. Loan sharks are I was gonna say fantastic. What I mean by that <laughs> is that they're fantastic in that there's the case studies, there's some very powerful stories yeah. come out of yeah. What the loan shark people do. Mm-hmm. And we've got, a, for instance, a, um, a specific, we've done a tutorial, which I don't know if it's finished yet, but anyway, which is about loan sharks and how they introduce themselves into their, into people's lives as a friend. Mm-hmm. And when they're trying to help you, there's 50 quid, don't worry about paying me back, we'll, I'll sort you out another time. And mm-hmm. then they, over a period of time, it becomes you basically don't know what you get you don't know what you're signing off or agreeing to and that's what happened in Jerome's documentary is that they basically like you know just take care of it now and that'll all be fine and then all of a sudden they send you a bill I was only trying to help you you know yeah yeah it's kind of entrapment isn't it sort of like the win over of trust and then you find Mm -hmm. you know you end up being failed by them and then at the end of the day you know you really need to get this sorted and Mm. stuff like that because Obviously, I haven't got any money. There's other ways you can sort that out with other illegal things. Mm-hmm. Then you're in, in a trap because you can't shop them. Mm-hmm. Because, well, well I, I wouldn't be going to the police if I was you because yeah. you'd be handling stolen, you know. And yeah, that's, that is one part of it that, you know, if you can't pay, the loan shark will actually give you sort of, you know, counterfeit goods, counterfeit cigarettes to sell to your friends. Yeah. So the you know they still say well I'm only helping you if you sell this you'll make some extra money but really you're just slipping into a life of crime yeah, yeah. and you know there's a lot worse things happening 
for example, basically, um, prostitution. Yeah. yeah, it's basically yeah. Like um, I watched um, one of my me and my partners one of my favorite shows is Twenty Four Hours in Police Custody, and we watched an episode, an old episode of that the other day. Yeah. And it was about slave labor, and it's exactly. the same principible. Because well, um, exactly. you know it was fascinating. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad I remembered this now because I watched we watched it a couple of nights ago, and I was going to talk about it on this show, but it's the perfect time to bring it up. Is because I found it fascinating. I don't know if you knew this, right? But because I was thinking, are they going to not do anything because it was mental health related? Because it was about a slave labour, um, like there was a like one of them caravan park type things, and there was always this thought that there were these like Romanian uh, immigrants who were basically sla- enslaving people for no money, and basically like the whole thing of like basically trapping them and forcing them to work for next to no money and just being stuck in one like you know four by four room, and um, some really really hard stuff. And the reason they found out about it is because one of them escaped and then went to the police and told them. So you see the interview of him telling them like what's been happening, and it's obviously like a dubbed voice because they don't want to know who you don't want to reveal who it is. But the reason I found this fascinating from a mental health sense is he they they asked them like were you were you beaten were you with people being violent were you raped or anything like that and he said no to all that and they went well why did, like so the argument they they as police officers went what made you stay because i was fearful for my life so the only thing that was keeping them there was the psychological mm-hmm. tor- torture which i found interesting because i think there'll be people listening to that going well why didn't you just walk out i don't get it mm-hmm. which is not understanding the power of the mind and the power of manipulation and all that kind of thing because mm-hmm. i just think that is just as powerful and also even if he was violently attacked the trauma of getting over that is still psychological and it still affects you way more than the physical side. So, anyway, that's why I bring that up. Cause it's well, when it happens that often, it's sort of normalised to that person, yes. you know. They don't exactly. know, they're in that bubble, they don't know any other way. So, yeah. 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 So I, think they get, I think they get conditioned by the yeah. people yes. who are, you know, keeping them enslaved. Mm-hmm. And again, it was such a, a situation, it's like, it's like a circus elephant. It's a yeah. huge animal, but yeah. why does yeah. he just run away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason is, is because he's been trained to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, humans are slaves to routine and repetition. Yeah. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just because, I don't know if Ricky was going to get on to this, because we were talking in preparation for years coming on, I guess being that you guys do a sort of financial support you know, charity, essentially. Is it, it is a charity, isn't it? Is it a charity registry? No, it's, not. it's, a, it's, a, um, well, it's definitely not for profit. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at uh he looks at Graham all disrespectfully. Mentioned something about what, what Eric mentioned about funding. It's yeah, know, like it's, it's um one of the things w- that I've found getting funding to do the type of work like there's a huge need for it. Mm-hmm. There's people come to me on a daily basis nearly looking for help with with, with debt. But to get funding for the one-to-one service is really difficult, mm. so we started producing courses mm. uh, with me doing the sort of the the, the, the teaching side of it, mm. and then putting it into a video form makes it even more. So, but by not not it's not an advantage of it. By not having funders don't know what's needed sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. They think they do. Can I just jump in here and, yeah, t- and talk do. about yeah. the shark, um, the shark, the loan shark grant? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, there was a while ago a loan shark mm-hmm. grant made available mm-hmm. um, to people who were promoting the education of loan sharks, which is a huge problem, uh, you know, underneath the surface in the, uh, the surface in the UK at the moment because it does lead onto crime, you know, organised crime. And we had a look at the the grant, and 
as I looked through it, it had all of the lists, the list of what you couldn't do, what you couldn't spend the grant on. Um, for instance, you couldn't spend it on seminars, you couldn't spend it on web development, you couldn't spend mm. it on X, Y, Z. And I said, the grant master says, well, what can you spend the grant on? Mm. And it got to a stage where we just said, well, we'll just leave it, we'll just get on with it and do it ourselves. Because we couldn't really apply for it. So there's a true entrepreneurial spirit about us. Yeah, like a lot of startup stuff and all that yeah. kind of thing. Can I just throw one question in very quickly? So uh, we had a chat, didn't we, Graham, about food, the food banks? And mm. um, with my trade union, I've sort of been there. And the link between falling in the dent, debt and having a mental health problem, because there was this guy, for example, who... He was he was falling in rent arrears and mm -hmm. and every time he received bills and whatever he, as the phrase that you used there Eric was you know burying your head in the sand, therefore he got caught in a cycle and he ended up being chucked out by his landlord yeah. even to the point where when he went out, that's when the the locks were changed so you couldn't mm -hmm. couldn't get. Yeah. Have you saw similar stories come to you in in that regard? Yeah, I mean the 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 the, the, the full range of it and whether. I feel like saying because I'm amongst friends or something like that, you know the country's a mess and the, mm -hmm. and I see the devastation whether it's universal credit the, mm -hmm. the de there's a program on last night which is 7.9 I, I don't want to get bogged down with facts mm -hmm. and stats 7.9 million million people consider themselves in serious debt mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a big slice of the country mm -hmm. you know and 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 the debt thing um, is it, it's getting larger. I think, I think such as the crisis, it's hard to know anyone who isn't in any debt because it's it's so prominent. I mean, we all, we're all relying on fle flexible the, friends. Um, when we do the courses, when I do them, for yeah. the, like six form colleges and stuff like that, I say, I, 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 one, one of the ice-breaking things is, how much do you think the UK, people in the UK owe mm. in credit cards and debts and loans mm. and stuff like that? Not mortgages or anything like that. And they come out with all sorts of figures and stuff like that. And I say it's 1.7 trillion, mm. right? Wow. And I say, does anyone know wow. how many notes there are in a trillion? <laughs> it, again, there's a mixture of things like a thousand's three, yeah. uh, a million six, a billion is a trillion is a thousand billion. So people are nearly numbed by. Gosh, yeah. How how can you get your head around that? <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, the answer is let's just not let's just pretend that you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it'll go away eventually. Eventually, yeah. it'll be a high enough number. They'll just wipe it off. Yeah. They'll just wipe it off. Yeah. Month yeah. after month, it continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess because um, we've, we've got literally about one minute left, so just quickly because I think we I want to address sort of the elephant in the room because this is something we've we've been discussing a lot and I'm currently on, on Universal Credit, is I wanted to ask you directly, because obviously Universal Credit is just, in, in my area in particular, it's just becoming to fruition, and I'm fascinated to know, because you, you are the perfect people to ask if you've seen an upsurge in debt in relation to Universal Credit, and if so, like, w do you agree in the principle of that the waiting for the Universal Credit for five weeks well, is ridiculous? Because Newcastle um, was one of the first cities that got rolled well, out, was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a dumping ground. Can yeah. I just say this about Universal Credit? If Go on. The, if the Treasury wanted to, right, they could get the money to the people who needed a lot, lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a little bit of political footballing going on here yep. with the government and the Treasury. Yep. I don't think the government want people to wait that long for it. And there is systems in place... If you want to do a bank transfer today, you can do it straight away. Mm -hmm. 
Sorry, no why that's on. So if, <laughs> the, the treasury, if, if the treasury wants that was the, tre- the treasury <laughs> on the phone, I think. <laughs> yeah. Hello, this is Prince Charles. Why is there a red dot on your on your face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I just thought it was funny. But sorry, I didn't really I didn't, I didn't realize that was on. Sorry. You've got a laugh. You've, um, you've got a laugh. Yeah, you'll really cry. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. But, but yeah, go on. Sorry, serious point. Yeah, we're putting a, a political, and like you know, we're trying to remain free from it. And <laughs> I have to say, there are some things that are hard to find, but recommend for <laughs> the idea of getting of making work pay. Mm. I'm all for and stuff like that. Yeah, the idea of combining six benefits into one has got some merit to it as well. Although I get people coming to me and saying. My, I've, and I've got a statement or we we'll go on the journal on the on the PC or something and say universal credit's wrong they've missed out my child benefit and stuff like mm-hmm. that and I have to say well child benefit isn't actually part of universal credit mm-hmm. yeah it confused me when I so got it, put on it yeah. or they've got PIP or DLA that's nothing to do or carer's allowance yeah so it's, semi, or it's semi-universal credit and stuff like that yeah the thing where it falls it's, down it's in my true. experience yeah. is and I've got to say like at the food bank mm-hmm. or working with people in, in, in recovery it is weak, it is poor, it's disgraceful mm-hmm. in the way it, it handles yeah. people with disabilities yeah. or any sort of thing that could be slightly labelled as out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. It, just, it does not support. We've, I've done low, I don't have nearly 30 appeals for people who've been declared yeah. fit for work yeah. when clearly, without, with the best will in the world, they wouldn't last five minutes in the workplace. Yeah. It's a contradiction, isn't it? Because you say make work pay, but you hear more and more cases of actually working people going to food banks because what they earn. Well, People on zero hours contracts, yeah. they're not making any money. Well, contracts, I mean, uh, to, to, yeah, well. I we literally don't have time. <laughs> I literally don't think we're going to have time to go into this. But yeah. but, um, but anyway, in, in a nutshell, I mean, you said about what you thought about universal credit. Has there been a third to your services since universal credits came into existence in well, here? Well, it's more, it's more and more, it's getting the, we did some stuff with, uh, I'll mention who they are, Tyne Housing, who have a lot of support. Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. And we did some stuff with them, um, and they didn't have, many of the people in recovery who were, or homelessness didn't, couldn't even, the, the thing that Eric mentioned, five to six weeks waiting, that's when you actually get on the system. Some people couldn't even get on the system, so there's a yeah. waiting time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just loads and loads of delays, and like, and, 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 and I, I, I would just say in summary, what you're saying in principle, Graham, I agree with. I, I, universal credit in in as an idea, like a lot of ideas, um, it's not an, an an idea is only a good idea if it, it's how you implement it. Um, I do think in principle it makes sense, and as someone who's just been on it because I'm I'm changing work at the minute, um, so it's just a, in the meantime I'm on it, and it was very confusing and you got like eight different answers of eight different people about how it works and what best to do um and that's so i do think it has some teething issues but it, i do think in principle it should work my my underpinning view because it started in blackpool i think was the first indication in the northwest yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um and uh my mom my um my mom my sister lives in the northwest and she knows a lot about it and our the my theory i think you hit the nail on the head eric is that um, they are trying to save a month's worth of benefit by doing that. I, I honestly exactly think that's, right. what, they're that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Because if you think a month's worth of people, uh, it, and it's but it, but they're taking it from the most vulnerable people. This yeah, is the thing that I totally this wrong. is the thing that I don't get. 
Um, anyway, but we can talk about that for, till the cows come home. <laughs> anyway, uh, clean state. You mentioned uh, you mentioned your website, didn't you? Do you want to mention that again at the end yeah, of the interview? Ma- Managingwithmoney.com. Great. And if anybody can help us, please get in touch. Mm-hmm. And for people who need help, it's just people with financial difficulties yeah. need advice. That kind of thing. I guess need, if you need anything plug in, just get in touch. We're happy to. Yeah. Let people know so I'm just saying. So yeah. So people who need financial issues, do they have to be in ben- on benefits or struggling no. or We're no? Totally inclusive. Right. Right. So That's just thing that we have so you just ha- very you're, you're helpful, nice people. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> and as as they say, they don't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Um, right. Cheers. Thank you so much, Eric and Graham. We've got a, a video. We've got a, a phone call waiting because that's why the phone went off. So apologies for hearing that. I thought I turned it off, but yeah. So anyway, so huge thank you to you guys. Uh, we're going to take a break right now, um, and then we'll be right back with a phone interview with Sally Cullingworth. Yeah. Um, uh, right after these messages. For the community, by the community. Voice FM, 98.8 FM. Newcastle Miller 2018 25th year anniversary featuring a massive lineup of international artists including Navin Kundra, Hira, Akram Rahi and Mithuja plus many many more also entertaining you for the full two days the Spice FM Roadshow also our food court Stalls Bazaar, fun fair, activities including a salt course and climbing wall. And this year to celebrate our 25th year, join in the Midla Parade starting at the monument at 12pm and going all the way to the park. Newcastle Midla 2018, bank holiday weekend 26th and 27th of August at the Exhibition Park. For more information, search us out on social media or log on at newcastlemidla.co.uk. Same old radio sound. <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM.
It's true, I do not want to love her. I just need a friend, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Texas because I don't want to love her. You should see um, the look he just gave me. The listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do I really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, um, a huge thank you to Graham and Eric uh, for that fantastic interview. It was awesome, really, wasn't it? Really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, considering we were talking about something as serious as debt, um, it makes a great deal of sense. Uh, you know, to be serious about it, but you know, it was funny. We had some laughs in it, and um, I think it really hit home. And I'm so pleased we got to talk about Universal Credit at the end because, as I said, I do think that was the elephant in the room when we were interviewing them because it's you know something that is still. I have a feeling topic. we this won't be the last time we'll be talking about debt. So oh, all Universal is, Credit, yeah, yeah. such as <laughs> the uh, the extent of the problem. Um, yeah. Um, so obviously welcome back to Mentally Sound, this is Spiced FM 98.8 FM, we are going to be here till 2pm today, we are here every second and last Friday of the month, um, so before, we, to finish out the hour, I'm delighted to say, we are here with Sally Cullingworth, um, who's actually been on the show before, which I'm sure Ricky will want to talk to her about, but Sally, welcome to the show, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. No problem, um, how are you, is everything okay? Yes, good, it's um, as well as it can be, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess um, it makes sense because Ricky's with me, obviously, and he did a Skype interview for you many moons ago on the show. So I thought we'd start off with Ricky asking you some stuff about, you know, since what's happened since. Hi, Sally. Hi. Hi, long time no speak. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. Great. So this is just, um, I. it was just last night when you put out um, uh, the ad on Facebook that I thought, oh, there's Sally and I haven't uh, chatted to her for a while. So I just thought with the... Um, because I know you're involved with another campaign called Aim Higher, but um, you just yeah, just as a catch up since because it's been about two three years. So I thought with listeners who might be aware of 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 the the previous interview and and the situation with Maisie that she was um, she was uh, she was basically locked away in hundreds of miles away from home, and you were campaigning to get her home. She had issues with um, depression, self harm, autism. Am I right in that again? Yeah. So, could you give uh, an update to listeners of what, what, what's happened since? Yeah. So, since Maisie first went into crisis at the age of 12, and then she was admitted to units that were so far away from home, mm-hmm. um, and then finding out that we had our own mental health unit in um, our local area for children had been shut down mm-hmm. under a bit of a black cloud, we campaigned to not just get Maisie home, but also to... Um, reinstate our unit so that our local kids weren't getting sent so far away from home Mm -hmm. and in that time that we've been campaigning Maisie has, I think she's had 13 admissions now um, to uh, numerous different units all over the country Mm -hmm. and she she just turned 17 last month and Mm -hmm. you know we're trying to get the transition into adult mental health started Um, she's still struggling she's at home at the moment um, Uh and I've had to fight for a bespoke package of um, support and care at home because Uh our local authority when she's out of the area she did have to foot her bill so it was a real struggle to try and get them to dig deep in the pockets to support her so that she could be at home in the community Uh Um, but on a positive we have now got the green flag and we have been given the money to get our unit uh, well we're getting a new unit built which should be open next year. Brilliant. I think I saw in the headline this, you got the news last year, was it 2017 that, that the green flag got given, is that right? They told us that they would give us it last, um, I think it was last autumn, they right. said yes, but they, they held the money because 
uh, with the NHS being 70 this year, they decided that they wouldn't um, actually give us the money until so it was like a big celebration for their birthday, which actually has delayed that unit for our children, but at least it's coming now. Right. So it's been, I would say that you've been uh, working incredibly hard. It's, it's, it's been a successful campaign, but, but so, it, so it on goes, because obviously the, the battles still have yet to be won completely. But yeah. um, would you say that Maisie is, is, is in a much better place now that she's home? Um, I think um, it's a kinder environment to Maisie, because yeah. we can tailor it and bespoke it to what she struggles with, because in the units they're not autism friendly mm-hmm. and um, because she, she, we didn't know that she was autistic till she was 12 because Maisie mimics and it's very common in girls that are autistic, they mimic people around them and very right. well that the symptoms are not always um, sure um, as obvious as some boys um, and, and so when she goes into units there's a lot of kids in there that you know, they just have mental health issues and quite serious ones. And so Maisie has mimicked and picked up a lot of traits, what she wouldn't have necessarily seen at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's definitely in a, in a kinder environment. Um, but sometimes it does get to the point where we can't keep her safe at home. And she does, we, we sort of come to an agreement now that she has a short admission so that she can regulate herself because that's what she struggles with. Um, she struggles to regulate her emotions and even mm-hmm. though. She's a really bright girl and really mm-hmm. articulate emotion-wise. She's behind in her years. How do you think the, <clears throat> if it comes to the, the transition into an adult mental health ward, how do you think it'll be for her? Do you have anxieties well, at all about it? Yeah, because it's going to be different people mm-hmm. that are going to be around her to give her support and then, then building that trust. And um, it's very... Um, a, a very difficult stage for Maisie to transition into anything. So, yeah, yeah there's going to be a lot of um, planning and hopefully that's why we're going to try and start it early mm-hmm. so that it goes long and smooth rather than sharp, sharp introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think um, what, what I'm fascinated listening to all this and I'm so pleased she, se- I mean, she seems to, at least she's at home and maybe potentially doing better in that sense. And I guess it, I guess I want to ask you like a sort of wider question in relation to your experience with Macy, um, obviously being your daughter, is that yeah. I just I'm I'm fa- I'm curious because um you know you obviously haven't I, I haven't interviewed you before so I'll say that I have bipolar disorder which is a very emotional disorder, and you know I had a really difficult teenage years because I wasn't sure exactly what I had, and I'm just curious to ask you directly. Do you think, you know, because we always, we always um, sort of advocate on this show and, and are passionate about saying mental health should be treated seriously way sooner than just like before you get to university, for example, because it was only really for me when I got to university that I started getting the help, particularly academically, that I needed, but, but obviously in a personal sense as well. And I'm just curious to know, like, because your daughter is now transitioning to adult stuff, do you think... The, you know, and you mentioned that you had a, a closure for a place that she needed here, here in this area. Do you think that it's sort of neglected far too much pre sort of eighteen, um, and that you know that your Macy didn't get enough help during that time? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, when it comes to children's mental health, mm-hmm. first of all, what's happening with, like I said, uh, you did mention that I'm part of a charity called Aim Higher, and the parents that are coming whose children need. Um, to go into that children's mental health services, the um, pattern seems to be that you know they blame the parents and yeah. 
uh, rather than tackling the actual what's happening to the child. And some some children don't even get seen because um, Cam's just refuse and say, well, you know, you've got anxiety, so they're just picking up on that. Or yep. And actually, it's just like really short-term thinking because if they got into that problem and, and talked to that child early and intervened while it's <laughs> just sort of bubbling Prevention, away, yeah. then it would prevent it mm-hmm. bubbling into something bigger when, when you know, when they do get older mm-hmm. and a lot more stress on people as, as they turn 18. Um, and I do think that there needs to be a massive shake-up in, in children's mental health, and I think that's across the country. Yeah, that's why I asked Ed, it was very general, yeah. a general question. Um, I mean, do you, yeah, I mean, it, it, it raises a lot of, um, you know, because uh, I, 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 I was thinking about when you said about the behavioural issues, is that, I mean, do you think it's something as simplistic as, because parents, you know, because I was going to sort of ask you, like, is, is, is Macy, like, from what from what you've just articulated just in this interview, she she seems to come across as like, you know, she is she well behaved in general. Um, so you know, and, and the reason I'm asking that is because they often make it a behavioural thing, like you just described, because um, they just go well, it, because they don't want it to be a mental health related thing. They want it to be something that's like, you know, the parents' responsibility. And 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 do you think it's on the back of because loads of parents and whatnot maybe don't you know there are obviously people who don't look after their children properly i'm not we're not denying that but at the same time it's sort of tarring everybody with the same brush i guess i'm saying yeah absolutely mm-hmm. i mean i was a teacher before i had to give my work up to look after Maisie, mm-hmm. and none none of the training that i had mentioned mental health whatsoever it was always behavior you know if a child played up it was bad behavior in your classroom and we were taught to look for anxiety or look for depression and yep. and I think you know that's a real uh, big area that needs to be tackled so Absolutely. that you know teachers mm-hmm. do spend the most time you know um, observing children and when you've got other children to compare it to it's it's the ideal environment to pick up on sand pretty quickly mm-hmm. and I think you know having that um, an expert in schools would be really helpful to a lot of children because you're talking three children in every classroom yeah, I guess it's on the back of that. Yeah, it could be affected by a mental health. Absolutely, so. Ab- absolutely, because I just I know Ricky's got one last question, so we'll do the last couple of minutes. Is just on the back of that. I guess I wanted to go a step further and say because I'm now 30 years of age, and the first time I ever um, told anybody about any mental health issue was my form tutor. Um, who I trusted because I was struggling in school. Oh, I didn't have a particularly good relationship with my parents, particularly with, you know, well, my dad wasn't around anymore, uh, like as often, and my mom was, like, you know, I, I felt she was going to have a bad reaction to it. So I told my form tutor because I trusted her, and I made the decision of I'm sick of feeling the way I am, I'm going to go and tell them. Now, the thing that I wanted to ask you is, do you think in your experience, obviously, with Macy and the, the charity stuff that you're involved with, you know, hearing other people's stories, do you think that that leads to, you know, it's got worse in that period of time from, like, when I was at school to now? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about um, each teacher's personal um, experience of mental health because um, if they have not experienced it in their own um, world, in their own lives, they won't know how to tackle that. Yep. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it's so it does need across across the grid about, about t- teachers understanding and and being able to help children that do put that trust into them because you're not on your own there. That I, when I was in the classroom, I worked in quite um, a rundown area of the city, and 
you know, there, there was lots of kids that couldn't speak to the parents. And, you know, when you've got that position of trust, you should be able to tackle whatever that child throws at you. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Just uh, very quickly, Sally, then tell us tell us more about AIM Higher, this new project yeah, you're involved with. Well, it's, we're just local mums. We've each got an autistic child. Obviously, um, my child's um, complex mental health difficulties as well. And we just want to empower other parents that mm-hmm. are faced with barriers from all these different professionals who keep telling them that this is how it should be and actually they're not they're just being suppressed and it's about um so we we started about two years ago and we've got like a group of parents that at first we were spoon feeding this is what you need to do you need to go into the meeting you need to say this and now they're all sort of supporting each other and it's growing and it's quite a good network great well like excellent does aim higher have a website presence we do yeah, what could you want yeah, to let people know what it is? Yeah. yeah. It's, it is, um, well, if you if you typed in um, higher in Hull, then you would find us on okay. Google. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, on any, or any other search engines, let's just be clear. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, it's just a joke we do. I don't think anyone would care, but yeah, it's just funny. Preference. Yeah, yeah, Yahoo. <laughs> 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 so ever, MSN, I don't want to ever use them anymore, but uh, anyway, yeah, so um, huge thank you for coming on. Thanks Sally, for the thank update, you. Sally. Yeah, thank you, you for sharing, our, yeah. sharing your story. And, and well um, wishes to Maisie as well. Yeah, and um, then, yeah, as somebody who, you know, I'm, you know, I've got people in my family who, who, who suffer with um, similar things to what Macy goes through. Um, I'm, I'm hoping she gets the help she needs. And because ultimately, I, I think that in a, in a way to end positively, we're, you know, like just because, for example, I have bipolar disorder does not make me uh, like uh, that I can't behave or I'm not a nice person. It, you know, I yeah. think if we had the approach of it's something somebody has and help them through it, I think that's a far better way of approaching, you know, human beings and being a lot nicer to each other and, and being more understanding. So I hope Macy gets the help in that sense and, and, and um, it's it's uh, easier for you as well. Well, um, people with mental health need the same understanding and respect that are in wheelchairs you know, exactly yeah. people can't Same see principle. it doesn't mean yeah. that you know you, you have to mm-hmm. be negative about it yep it's a, it's a, yeah it's a disability in in some ways yeah um excellent thank you so much um sally and we'll speak to you soon thanks ever so much thank you thank you yeah. Bye. um that was a fantastic interview um really really powerful um yeah i'm sorry for the random beep and i've got no idea what that was about but um, i don't either know whether trying to get yeah it might either be another call or she might be getting another call i'm not quite sure mm. or she yeah she might have been you know stabbed someone else on the line but um really really great interview and um you know again a very powerful thing because there's people who you know go through and i think that that problems. previous interview was is in the archives so listeners might be interested to go back to yeah if you can find yeah mentally sound and maybe type it's in nice to know that maybe um yeah. obviously there's still there's still battles ahead, but I th- uh, yeah, it's I nice know, she's re- reaching the uh, crit- you know the critical age of eighteen, so um, hopefully she'll get the help she needs. But I mean, just struggling to get to eighteen is exactly why I asked that question. Mm-hmm. I think we can we can do better mm-hmm. as a, as a society in that sense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, it's just past one. We're going to take an advert break right now, and then we're going to play "Enjoy the Silence" by Depeche Mode. Um, which is a pretty nice song and then uh, we're going to be back for is it mental health news after this it's um, G- Jenny's first oh Jenny's mm-hmm. first yeah I think she was trying to come through is that, oh, is that, might, be, that might be what that was yeah, then yeah. Oh, we're getting beeped with another call um, ok so we're going to take a break right now and then you'll get a, you can ask her to ring back mm-hmm. and then yeah we're going to have a phone interview right after these messages Eid Mubarak from all the team at Spice FM Mubarak Eid Mubarak Mubarak Eid Mubarak Mubarak Eid Mubarak Mubarak Eid Mubarak 
same old radio sound. <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Newcastle Miller 2018 25th year anniversary featuring a massive lineup of international artists including Navin Kundra, Hira, Akram Rahi and Miss Uja plus many many more also entertaining you for the full two days the Spice FM Roadshow also our food court Stalls Bazaar, fun fair, activities including a salt course and climbing wall. And this year to celebrate our 25th year, join in the Milla Parade starting at the monument at 12pm and going all the way to the park. Newcastle Milla 2018, bank holiday weekend 26th and 27th of August at the Exhibition Park. For more information, search us out on social media or log on at newcastlemilla.co.uk. The heartthrob of millions. The soulful voice from Bollywood. Arijit Singh live in concert on Friday the 14th of September at First Direct Arena Leeds. Tickets are on sale from the venue box office and ticketmaster.co.uk. A show not to be missed. For VIP and group bookings, call 07809-526-530. The new food sensation in Newcastle has landed. Food Monkey, mouth-watering curries, delicious kebabs and grill, and all your favorite Indian street food, including our infamous masala chai. So whether it's lunch, a cheeky tea time snack or dinner, it's all about Food Monkey. Food Monkey, Stanhope Street, next to Hutchinson's Fruit and Veg. Search us out on social media or log on at foodmonkeyuk.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Spice FM, 98.8 FM.
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Um, and the reason that the phone was beeping was apparently because, yeah, there was um, people trying to get through to the show. Um, so apologies for that during the phone interview, but it's all good, it's all fine. Um, but yeah, one of the things I forgot to mention, because we're now in the second hour, so thank you so much for tuning in. We're here till 2pm, um, so we have for another 50 minutes or so, um, is to mention the Twitter handle if, you want it in, if you're interested in the show. So that is at uh, underscore Mentally Sound on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook and obviously if you want to listen to our past shows and obviously can't listen to us live because we are in a weird time slot you might be at work or whatever is we do podcasts um, which you can find if you type in into iTunes Mentally Sound you will find all the shows that we have done um, up until three shows ago but the other two will be up uh, very, they're also very on soon. our Facebook page yes, which is on our Facebook page and one us. bit of news very yes. quickly I was going to say to you we are now on Instagram <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those things, you know. I feel like Ricky these, gets a new phone. So I feel like one okay. of these, like, um, uh, you know, children who are like a bit uncool and behind the times, and just like suddenly <laughs> four years later, going, maybe I should join this thing. Um, if you go on our Instagram page, I've put up some like yeah. past pictures of the old show. But Ricky, and what is Instagram? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another show that is. I'm such an old man. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that was uh, fascinating interviews as well, and it was funny because I, I I don't think I'm breaking confidence by saying that Sally in when we talked to them before they come on the air now for the phone interview seemed pretty nervous, but um, she actually once we got her talking. It's quite a powerful story. Well, she's she a very seasoned campaigner already. Yeah. That, yeah so. And, you know, when people get involved... I love the fact that when people are hard done by, they reach out to other people in the I also love. I also love it when they're parents because, you know, they have yeah. a cause that's yes. closest to them where it's just... Yeah, I understand that. As yeah. someone who's expecting a child, you do, a, you yeah. do get extra motivation by mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'll not keep our next guest waiting because she's waiting patiently on the phone right now. Um, so we are with, uh, well, we are with, we are, oh, she's on the phone, I should say, she's with, in spirit. Um, yeah, with Jenny Richards, um, who is here from the Wish Charity, and also she's part of the Women's Health Men- uh, Mental Health Network. Uh, Jenny, can you hear us? Excellent. Um, thank you for waiting patiently while we ramble, ramble on. Uh, <laughs> um, how are you, first of all? I guess do, do, the fact that we're doing a mental health show, I guess it's appropriate to ask, how are you doing on this fine day? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's very funny where I am, so I'm feeling yeah, very happy enjoying the last last few days of summer. How are you guys? <laughs> yeah, we're fine. Um, having a really nice show tonight. I mean, we do a couple of uh, a fortnightly show, but um, we're just thinking this has flown by because we've had a lot of good guests on so far, mm-hmm. so it's been um, pretty pretty nice. No no pressure. But, <laughs> 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 but anyway, I guess because I obviously said in the build up to chatting about the Wish charity, and I know um. You know, Ricky's got some questions to ask you as well. Um, is what is the Wish Charity for those that are listening? If you could tell us about it. Yeah, we're a women's mental health charity that work with women in prisons, hospitals, and the community, um, just to provide kind of in- independent advocacy, but also emotional support and practical guidance to kind of support their mental health needs in whatever way, whatever way we can. Mm-hmm. And so, and how long has that been around for? Oh, it's been a very long time. Um, it's been since the early 80s. It was started after it was sort of noticed that in HM, HM Holloway that there wasn't, that women were kind of, who were in the prison system for a while were having to go to secure hospitals because their mental health was deteriorating in such a state. So WISH was kind of created in response to that. Mm-hmm. So it was essentially a, discri- would, uh, so I, I there was like a discriminatory aspect to it. Um, it was to do with the so Wish was the first charity that really put gender 
it sounds weird to say gender on the agenda, but <laughs> in terms of like the mental health kind of sector, uh-huh. it wasn't really considered to be a part of it. And it still isn't, unfortunately, to a great extent. Um, and so WISH has always been trying to show the importance in having gender-specific policies and what's the kind of difference in needing to look after women's mental health and how maybe policies should be different or practices should be different and how we can kind of support support those those systems. Mm-hmm. You also like to um, <clears throat> instigate change, am I right? So when you talk about prisons and hospitals, you see a lot of uh, disparity and, and obviously um, female patients are not getting their needs met. So is is sort of um, gender on the agenda, if you like, it's, is to part to cha- change that mode and then you making sure that their needs are met in that, in that sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of because we're a user charity, it's the, the women who have mental health needs are the ones that are like a, we're very frontline service. We we work based on what they tell us they want, and we work directly with them. And so there's definitely like campaigning roots within the charity, and we still do that now. The Women's Mental Health Network, as you mentioned, and it's about yeah ensuring those needs are met, and mm-hmm. whether that's about having you know us being an advocate and going down to the prison helping with court cases or finances. We have a community link program that's about supporting women who are going from either prisons or secure hospitals back into the community. So it can be very like practical practical guidance, but it's also like a policy level as well. We've been involved in a lot of different research and different kind of campaigning groups just to make sure that the voice of the women we work for or work with, mm-hmm. um, that their voices are heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I understand that as part of this research, you've sort of put out focus groups and uh, you've approached other... Because I think what 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 the idea behind uh, particularly the Women's Mental Health Network is that you want to become a coalition, so so other groups become involved and and fall under your umbrella and help push this change. Am I right in that? Yeah, we're because we're quite a small small charity, mm-hmm. and there's so many brilliant charities working within the women's sector doing you know incredible things. But it's kind of about having that holistic approach and realizing that maybe we we work with women in prisons for mental health issues but there's also you know because of the work that we do we realize how much factors such as like abuse and trauma influence mental health and therefore mm-hmm. working with maybe a woman's charity who specializes in helping mm-hmm. dealing with domestic violence and it's kind of sharing your specialist knowledge as a way to to support the women you can in the best best way you can yeah. because people aren't you know you can't box them into one service mm-hmm. i mean women who have, are in poverty are obviously more likely to experience mental health issues than someone who's not in poverty and it's about yeah being an umbrella and kind mm-hmm. of getting all those different charities and voluntary organizations together to, mm-hmm. to support women in the way they can which is yeah what the women's mental health network is it says a whole range of us from charities with learning disabilities to those that work yeah, sort of against domestic violence to us um, with mental health needs, mm-hmm. and it's it's good kind of a nice coalition working with others is always the way forward. And I guess one of the the primary factors, especially now, is because you hear about so many cuts to services, and particularly, I mean, we've we've talked to a couple of domestic violence charities on the shows, and one of the things that they pinpoint out is the you know the fact that more and more refuges are being sort of closed down, and and vulnerable women aren't aren't being signposted to. Well, certainly not anywhere nearby because the services have been really cut down to the bone. I mean, this is a very northern picture. We're a very northeast shore. What, what's the what's the picture like down south where you're based? Yeah, it's very similar. Unfortunately, it's yeah, ever the services sort of across the women's sector are being cut. And even though there's you know the policy there for things 
so so from our end there's policy there to say that you know gender specific services is the way forward and there's definitely understandably policy that's trying to trying to help women in other ways mm. but the the resource isn't there to kind of put those into practice and it's about yeah being a united voice because ultimately you're you're kind of the same aim of supporting women across the spectrum mm-hmm. it's just working out how you interlink and where maybe oh i can help you with this but if you can like can show me maybe what this means and blah blah, blah. and yeah working together so that even though services are being cut and we're feeling constricted in multiple ways Mm -hmm. you still feel like your voice is coming forward because you're working with so many brilliant other organizations that are kind of adding their voice to to the campaign as well okay steve something you want to ask um i'm just curious about when you said right at the beginning about prisons that fascinated me because i guess you know, I, I I touched on this with an earlier guest that my, me and my partner, or like like we we are we, like one of our favorite things to do is watch a lot of crime stuff and all that kind of thing. And, and it is if you ever watch stuff like that and just see the the um obviously mental health is a huge factor in that. And I just I'm curious as if you could delve a little um deeper into explaining what services you provide to somebody who's in prison or maybe you know who's in that situation basically. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, because with women in prisons, is often the mental health side of it isn't, even though you do see it in sort of documentaries and shows, it's not really, I think, explored in the way it should be because Absolutely. women yeah. who are involved in prison and are kind of dismissed as, you know, the words we hear a lot is, you know, mad, bad women and because they've kind of deviated from the, the stereotype, you know, the gentle, quiet, kind mm-hmm. of sit still be quiet kind of woman Mm -hmm. and if you look at the facts women who are in prison the majority of the low-level non-violent crimes they're in for short term but the support isn't there to to help them particularly where we work is as i said before kind of getting the the transition from moving from prison back into the community because that's kind of where the the gap dries up because in prison because you have that kind of revolving door effect of people end up going back to prison because they find there's more mental health support there, which is a really dangerous idea. And it's instead looking at, you know, someone doesn't finish in prison and they suddenly find themselves not being able to adjust back to the community or no one there to support them as they kind of try to go back into to their life before or to a better life and wish are there to kind of make that transition easier. And Yeah, it's a powerful well, point. It's a powerful point because... You've got me thinking about it's it's a similar situation as somebody who if you take the if you take whatever crime is involved you know because obviously I asked you specifically about prisons but it's a very similar situation to somebody who spends time in hospital with mental health issues and then has absolutely no help or means to you know continue their rehabilitation outside of hospital like that that's something we talk about on this show all the time you know like the care plans are not implemented properly and all that kind of stuff and. You know, how can you expect somebody to continue to recover and be better if you're like putting them out into the wilderness with no, with no, like you know, nothing, you know, nothing to help them? It, it's 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 good that there's someone like you involved to help with that. Um, I mean, because it leads to another aspect, and we talked about this with um, guests we had just earlier in today's show, is about do you believe in the principle of that you should? Because um, we were talking about you know mental health as a wider you know um problem or or situ or thing is that you have to kind of look at all aspects of the individual's life and make sure that like you know they are on top of things and you know so i guess i'm asking that 
in do you agree with that principle and if and if you do like is that do you does your charity help with like you know all the stuff we just described like um helping people back into society helping them with bills to pay and all that because we talked about being debt and stuff earlier mm-hmm. yeah because like as you say looking at kind of all the different areas in someone's life is yeah i definitely agree i think that's really important and what the charity does is i mean exactly what you said i'm kind of just mirroring the same thing but like helping yeah helping with bills because there's kind of those adjustments that you don't really think about and particularly helping with you know children and going back into family life as well as kind of the financial and and practical side of it but wish to do a lot of work with helping people learn to save money and to stay out of debt and those kind of practical skills that you you understandably lose when you're perhaps at even a secure hospital in a prison um, and it's looking at all those different areas and looking more holistically to be like okay how can we help this person's life in not in this kind of one boxed in service that's maybe this mental health in this particular area it's instead like okay what can we do that feeds into their mental health and will help support their mental health mm-hmm. and maybe that might mean going along to court with them for a court case helping mm-hmm. support them with housing because everything does link up as you say yeah because i think i think the reason i asked you that directly is because in any th- in any people that we see because not only do we have people who impart our charities but we actually do have we have we have have had vulnerable people on and on and we've been vulnerable people ourselves we're quite open about that on this show and one of the things that i find quite alarming is that they very often want to associate your mental health with one one particular problem and say if you, you know, I say they is in like you know if you go to hospital or something like that as they go you need to lose weight and if you lose weight then all your problems will be over like and it's like that might only be one aspect of what your problems are and how you're feeling and like what about the psychological side of it what about having low self-esteem or, or a bad impression of yourself or what if you're in debt or you have no means to get a can job I, can or, I just intervene and ask know, a, yeah. a question on the back end of that okay, yeah. Jenny I, I wanted it because either you might have um here, this is something I was going to bring bring up later on in Mental Health News, but one of the reports this week was the, um, you might have seen the Children's Society report, about a fifth of uh, young girls, 14-year-olds, are, are admitted to self-harming. Yeah. So where do, where do like, where will this um, this new initiative and, and the WISH char- charity, I guess in a more generic term, stand on that and how would you go about in terms of prevention and raising awareness and what, what, what sort of things do you pinpoint? Because I think Steve mentioned one of them things like body image and social media is probably one of them yeah because we kind of the approach to the charities when we look at a woman's mental health needs um or a girl's mental health needs is that it's yeah not just one thing of being like oh well fix this particular issue and then everything will be okay it's about understanding that particularly for young women and as a young woman myself it's a the effect that yes social media has and body image Mm -hmm. but also the kind of pressures that girls are under um, both in school and also a few gender stereotypes. I know I felt a lot of pressure in feeling like I, I have to do a thousand things at once and be the kind mm. of busy woman that's that's idealised. And I think there's so many things competing in in a teenage girl's head or yeah. you know a young woman, and that they need support with all those different like different areas of life. And it's not just as simple as being like, okay, we need to focus on this one thing. And particularly with the Women's Mental Health Network, because we're working with such a range of charities and we're asking, because we're in the consultation stage, we're asking people um, or women and young women with experienced mental health needs, what is it you want us to campaign to change? And mm-hmm. seeing the stuff in the news, as you said, that's come out this week, it's obvious there's so many elements there that are disappointing and really harrowing 
And so that's why we want our users to be the ones to tell us what's important for them rather than us. Do you fear? Do you fear then, given that, as 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 we all know within the mental health fraternity, that the biggest killer amongst young men is suicide. That there is that there's going to be a crisis amongst young young girls, young women. That that it, it's going to become on a par potentially, or or it's a it's a ticking time bomb that's waiting to you know go off. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I would hope that that wouldn't be the case, as anyone would, but. From the way that it's going, and with what's what's kind of being covered in the news, and just talking to young women, it mm. it is it doesn't look like it's improving. It looks like it's going a lot more negative. I mean, even from my time in school to talking about to schoolgirls now, the difference and the the escalation that's happened is yeah something that needs to be addressed in order to stop it becoming mm. something so serious. But it's yeah, it's understanding how how we can do that and what it is that young women want us to do and kind of following following it through for them. Mm-hmm. I guess another thing that um, I'm curious to ask about, and I guess this, this is the, a close to home subject matter for me, is because obviously uh, women in particular. I mean, obviously you know that there'll be specific mental health issues that are just for women, and um, I'm I'm referring to and that me and my partner are expecting um, in November and this is our first child and I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think this is something that doesn't get discussed enough is mental health and pregnancy um, and I'm just in cu- and obviously you know people know the term I think it, people in general seem to know the phrase postnatal depression which happens after but I think the whole sort of process that a person goes through in pregnancy as someone who has a partner going through it now is interesting and I think but I think because of my mental health background i'm able to you know deal with it appropriately but my partner often goes on about like how do people cope by themselves or you know if you know if they're a single if they're raising a single parent and i'm just curious in relation to the wish charity and maybe through your experiences what your view like you know to talk about that from your own experiences about mental health in pregnancies and you know being a mother yeah, I mean, it's really good to hear. I mean, obviously, congratulations on expecting it. It's really good to hear that you're um, supporting your partner from your experience with mental health. And I think, even though, as you say, people know the term kind of postnatal depression, um, it's not. I think there's a huge stigma still attached to it. Yeah. And there's the idea of that's not what a mother should be. She shouldn't be experiencing this and she shouldn't be acting like this. I think that's why we really need to challenge the. Because there is in the same way sexism still exists you know in the media in the workplace there's still huge sexism when it comes to mental health care and I think postnatal depression and experiences of mental health that pregnant women or, or mothers go through is a really good example of showing where that sexism still exists and yeah. women need to we need to be giving them the support there's to also post to cope with this postpartum psychosis is another one that's been sort of uh, in the news I think Serena Williams touched on that but it was, oh, also, yeah. it was also covered in yeah. EastEnders it was a big storyline wasn't it a couple of years ago mm-hmm. oh I didn't realise it was in EastEnders yeah I think the the like definitely I don't know how you both feel but for me I feel like the conversation is starting to open up around mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. Um, hopefully yeah. and it's just yeah kind of opening that up even further and particularly connecting the conversation between policy makers and the users of mental health services and expected mothers and early mothers um, and understanding that they're the ones whose voices are really heard on the issue. Yeah, and I think that's the reason I was willing to open up about it myself as someone who's going through it right now. And I say going through it in the nicest possible way. But I, I, I say this to my partner all the time that I really admire the fact that she's open about it and upfront. 
and we discuss it often because I think that's an appropriate thing because to give you an example of why I wanted to raise this is that we, I was having a very interesting conversation with my mom who's 72 and she was saying like you know how you know you get into that really nice conversation of where they go well back in my day and then explain you know something like that and she was saying how you know you would get like three or four three or four days in hospital after you gave birth or something my mom said for my sister who's my oldest like you know you just take forever to leave hospital because they want to make sure you were okay and now they can't wait to get you to leave yeah. you know and I, and I and I and I guess the serious point about that is obviously because you know they make sure you you're breastfeeding and all that and obviously there's no post-surgery but I guess I guess I'm asking you directly do you think there's like a, a, a neglectful side of mental health wise is that they don't seem to check you know be certain that the the mother oh, and obviously father included in some ways are all like mentally um like dealt with the birth and everything like that if you see what I'm saying yeah yeah, I think, um, I mean, the NHS is under such a huge amount of strain, even though it's, mm-hmm. it's I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that there does need to be a check and the and mental health needs to be prioritised a lot more, particularly at, at that stage where even though, understandably, and of, of course it's such a happy time, it's also an incredibly a huge change in your life and a, and a huge mental stress. And, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree. I think that should be checked. And it's just the way of getting the resources to go in the right place so that we can provide something like that. Because mm-hmm. at the moment, the, yeah, the resources aren't going in the, the areas we need them to. Mm-hmm. But I think that's definitely an area that, that should be looked at further. Yeah, because yeah, I just think... Yeah, because I just think to summarise is that the reason I asked you is because I think we preach this all the time on the show is that it would be nice if mental health was not treated as the only like kind of like mental health or checked in a crisis when someone's actually struggling you know it should be a byproduct of like everyday life as well like that you know you should be tested on that criteria as well i think that was the reason i sort of asked you that um ricky's got one last question and then we need to wrap up so yeah it was just um, basically um how how do people get in touch i was wondering that you it was fantastic of you to reach out to us because our, our, wish in, our wish charity and, and the Women's Mental Health Network, are they aiming to reach up north into our neck of the woods? Or how, are, you, are you trying to spread your wings in that way? Yeah, with the Women's Mental Health Network. Um, so it's kind of a, a cross-sector approach instead of four lots of different charities working. But the aim is that we're going to be giving women mental health needs a voice and doing campaigns that we will take uh, across, like nationally, we'll take it across mm-hmm. England. But at the moment, we're just in the consultation stage of it. So. Okay. What we're really after is for people or women who have experience with mental health needs to fill out the consultation, which yeah. you can find at womensmentalhealthnetwork.com forward slash consultation. And it's just a quick survey about what your kind of priorities are within um, mental health, the mental health system. And yeah, we're definitely going to be, be spreading our wings. As well, well, if you happen to come up our way, dro- drop in and we'll, we'll love to have you as a studio guest <laughs> as well. So. Yeah, that would be lovely. Great. <laughs> Great. Well, that was fascinating. And um, continue the good work. I mean, obviously, like we've just touched on, there's a lot of like, you know, mental health related stuff, you know, gender specific as well that... Um, that it's good that you know and I, I know we've touched on a few things i know we could talk about many more but it's just good that there's been a charity that's been around a, a long time and you know is willing to help somebody in that situation um so continue the good work and thank you so much for talking to us thank you thank you thank you jenny speak soon bye bye um another fantastic interview um 
you do a good job, Mr. Recky, and getting people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, and then off air, I'm like, how could you? <laughs> no, I'm not that. I'm not that two-faced. I hope Ricky will back me up on that. Um, but yeah, um, as we just mentioned, thank you for some of the retweets you've been getting. Um, uh, our Twitter handle is at underscore mentally sound. If we do get a chance, we might do mental health news after our next guest. Who go on Instagram you know, and, and find out what we looked at, looked like three years ago. And yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah. Um, He's basically, uh, that was, he thinks I'm better looking. He doesn't want to say that, but. That's <laughs> <laughs> what so he's getting at, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, I do think, um, I, I said this to my my, my better half uh, recently, is that I do think you just become across as um, maybe more desirable because you're happier. Um, hmm. uh, I, I think that. Um, you know, I've, I just, because you're not trying as hard either. Um, because I, like, um, the last time we went out into town, I got, um, you know, I got actually some interest. And I was joking, oh. I was joking with her going, like, that never happens. And I went, I must, I must be happy. <laughs> what, 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 what do you constitute as an interest? Just a, well, a, um, a, a I got, there was, a, no, there was, um, I had a conversation. This was the, uh, the last time I was out for my friend's birthday. And a lady came up to me, you know, the woman who comes, there was a woman who came, you know, who comes around with like shots on a, on a tray yeah. at a club and they just, you know, they're way too expensive, but you know, let's face it, they get nice, you know, another stereotype, but they get a, a nice looking girl to be like, oh, do you want these shots? They're only such and such. Yeah. And like, I'll give you whatever money you want. Yeah, fine. You know, cause the, you, the, you think they're desirable, but she actually like, I said, no, I don't want to drink. And then started chatting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, was basically all like, you know, I finish work at such and such a time and I just, it was like, I'll stop you there, oh. <laughs> and I, I was in complete confidence. This is this is not the same Stephen I. I, <laughs> I know something never happens yeah. to me. Um, but I, I'll, I'll, I have, I'll have whatever you have. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'm, and I, I, and I, I told Haley this in good confidence, and you know, because we've got a trust and relationship. And I just said, um, "Oh, this happened." You know, a friend like, re- yeah. said something really brilliant to me because sometimes when I've been felt downtrodden by the word vulnerable, and she said to me, um, "Why don't you change it now? Just say that vun- vulnerability, vulnerability is your strength." And I think it is. It's even though my anxiety yeah. is sometimes seen as a bit of a, a negative. It, when you can transform as a positive, and it makes that's you, an interesting. You know point. what I mean? I wouldn't be sitting here if if I didn't that's an turn interesting into a positive. Point. Yeah, because that's a very interesting point. Before we play, uh, we will have a quick um, uh, song break, and then we will have our next guest on the phone. Yeah. I think that's a really good way of putting it because it's a bit like you know, um, you know, I cry quite often, um, for yeah. example, and um, I don't think that's you know, everyone goes, oh, you're weak, you're weak, or mm-hmm. weak, or, or um, you know, uh, not strong-minded, or that kind of stuff, yeah. and I don't like that terminology at all, because mm-hmm. crying can be good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you cry too much, obviously, that's, that's a problem. It was problem, like when, do you remember when Andy Murray lost his first Wimbledon, and he cried, and there was a few yeah. columnists that came out and said, I don't want my sporting hero to turn out to be a blubber and all that and I just thought but then, God. but then how many footballers come off a pitch after being subbed and look like they don't yeah, care I'd rather the kid I'd rather the kid yeah, I loved it when Matt Ritchie got subbed the other day and he he, he, he like yeah, banged yeah, around in the bench because he yeah, didn't yeah. like being yeah. subbed and like that's what you want yeah. you want them to be play you want them to play and then yeah. he did it again recently, didn't Murray, when he came off, and it was like three o'clock in the morning. It was a ridiculous time to finish. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. And I was like, good on you, man. I wish I was there, to, like pat him on the back and say mm. I was. Because uh, yeah, he's come back from injury yeah. and everything. Mm. And also, you know, he's yeah coming back from injury and the fact that he thought like it might, you know, his hip might never heal and all that kind of yeah. thing. But anyway, so we're gonna take a quick break right now. We're gonna play Brian Adams in Heaven because I was humming it when I saw it on the lit <laughs> on the thing. So I'll play that, and then we should be back with another phone interview. Um, who did you say that was with again? Um, we are with uh, this is the back to balance. Um, that new therapy centre was Ooh. opened up in the banks of the Tyne so um, 
need therapy saying that. Yeah. We all need. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of therapy, I'm going to take a break right now. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, uh, Brian Adams with Heaven, and you're listening to Mentally Sound right here on Spice of M90 at Barney FM. If you'd like to contact us, like I said, is at underscore Mentally Sound on, tw- on the Twitter. If you've got a question, ask us or anything like that. As I say, we'll be here until 2 p.m. We're going to take a break now. This is Brian Adams with Heaven.
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Space FM 98.8 FM. That was the rather debatable Brian Adams there, because we were just, um, you may have just heard as we were um, putting the mics back up, that apparently, and I just want Ricky to say this on air, because I, I found this fascinating, and he's, it, it, typical Ricky, he says it just as we're going on air, something interesting, and I'm like, hmm, that's intriguing. It serves you right for saying that you're becoming a dad just minutes before <laughs> going on the show, and I'm like, what am I, spo- how am I supposed to button that in? <laughs> yes, that's true, I did do that. Yeah, but we spend not enough time together, Ricky, that's what's going yeah. on. Um, but uh, he was saying that summer of 69 was huge in India. Yeah, last one of the last times in India back in 2006, I think it was, and Summer of 69 got re-released, and it was like a huge club hit. Mm-hmm. Every nightclub you went into, it was playing, and it just brought the whole house up, up at a at a roaring, roaring sort of you know jovial merriment. <laughs> it's like, wow, Summer of <laughs> 69. Jovial yeah. Ooh, you and your words. <laughs> some, like 20, 20, 25 years or something after it got released, and it's some like, right. club hit in India. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know they do like a more dancier version than that. You know, they, they did a lot of remixes for that song. That's like the original version yeah. we just played there. Um, and you know, and obviously they had DJ Sammy did a version of it as well. What was his nickname? The Groover from Vancouver, wasn't that his nickname? Really? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Yeah. Well, did you know? I guess we've got some guests uh, on the phone waiting very patiently. Claire and Nikki will get to them in a second. But I guess there's the final comment about Brian Adams. Is I remember watching a documentary about him and that he apparently stole his like way of sing- singing by another Canadian star. That apparently, like, he was never doing that well when Brian Adams first started, and then he manipulated his voice because yeah. apparently his, his like singing wasn't that great, and then he, he apparently like basically do, it's his voice is supposedly an impression of a musician that he saw when he was going when he was getting started. Oh. That he never actually did sing that like that. Wasn't but his voice wasn't is Rick, a bit weird. Wasn't Rick James that guy? Because I remember sure, talking about him in an interview. I saw an, a documentary about it where like there was they were saying that he kind of manipulated his oh. career in some way, but you know, it's a documentary. They might Something be making, to might, research after the show. Might just be making it up, but it's fascinating. So he was popular in India. Things you find out yeah. are mentally sound. Mm. Anyway, um, we'll not keep these guys waiting because they're waiting very patiently. Um, yeah, so Claire and Nickley are on the phone right now and they're here to talk about a new therapy and wellness centre um, called Back to Balance, uh, which is in which is coming in the new area. So we have Claire and Nikki who are on the phone to talk to us about that now. Hello, guys. Hi there. Hi. <laughs> That's nice. Like a nice, that was a that was nice synchronised yeah. hi there. <laughs> hi. Hi. Well hi. timed. Um, yeah, so it's a pleasure. Sorry, go on. I said we could do it in unison if you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, just <laughs> as as we'll, how we'll do this because you're both. I'm assuming using the same phone as we'll say. You know, Claire to start and Nikki to start, so then we can be clear when you're uh, answering our questions if that's okay. But uh, so I guess one person at a time. I guess we'll start with Claire because you're the first name on my uh, list. Is um, uh, tell us about um, uh, back to balance and you know basically what's it about and how you're involved. Well, Nikki and I um, are co-directors for Back to Balance. Okay. Um, we're a year old, so we, we set the business up a year ago. And what we do is we offer um, a range of therapies, um, which are an alternative um, therapy treatment um, for things like stress right through to anxiety and depression, as well as traditional therapy, because we do have a clinical psychologist as well on our team. Great. Um, so, so, you know, we, we are aware of our, our limits as well, and we always seek advice from our clinical psychologists, or we refer to GPs if that's what's needed. We mm. tend to see people who are not on the severe end of the spectrum of mental health, so people with psychosis and suicidality and things like that um, uh, tend not to be um, our clients. So, 
as I say, we're looking at it's often stress, bereavement, um, things, anxiety, depression, self-esteem and confidence mm. and things like that. Yeah. And yeah, and how about you, Nikki? Um, obviously, are you co-director as well? Did she say that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm also one of the co-directors, um, and our, our business offers a variety of therapies focusing body, mind, and, and spirit. So we have, um, we built up our team of therapists, and we focus on body care through different massage techniques, through osteopathic treatment, through uh, neurokinetic movement practices. Um, we offer, we work on emotional wellness through um, the talking therapies with myself or with the clinical psychologist. I also work with the batch remedies, which is a holistic range, completely natural as flower essence, and that works on the emotional aspects of the person. Mm-hmm. And then we also offer um, more spiritual type work. Uh, we work, do mindfulness uh, meditation sessions. We do energy work, Reiki. So we, we quite, um, when Claire and I started the business, we really wanted to focus on trying to offer a range of therapies that would really focus on being able to help everyone holistically. Mm-hmm. So we're very well aware that you know, and, um, when someone is experiencing disease in their body, it could be coming from more than one source. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if you just focus on one element of that, you may not be getting a complete wellness within the person. Yeah, Maybe, absolutely. You know, as, a, as a practice and, and all the team members are on board with it, we really focus on identifying where the source of this imbalance is coming from, and we encourage multi, um, multi yeah, practitioner care. So often a, a client who comes into the practice will be seeing more than one practitioner just so that they can get the whole experience of um, their wellness journey. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear because um, you know we've had a we've had a whole bunch of like you know specific um, I guess you would call it therapy and like wellness like you said you know like well being and all that kind of stuff like and the services people provide but I guess if I answered if I like sort of you know replied to what you just said there in a, from a personal sense is I have bipolar disorder which I talk about on the show all the time and um, one of the things that I totally am in agreement with and, and, and the people we talk to as well who are vulnerable people who may use your services in the future um, I find that yeah it's very often not just one thing that helps the person it's like a multitude of things and we were just talking to guests earlier in today's show about how important it is to like sort of be in control in all aspects of your life and be wary of triggers and, and making sure you're you know just in gen- your general well-being is good I guess is what I'm, I'm, I'm getting at is that you know because you'll find yourself back to square one um, in that sense so I'm pleased to hear that um, I guess the next thing to ask you guys is when you said you know starting the business like how long has Back to Back to Balance been around for because I know it's relatively new but when did I guess, I guess maybe we could even start with like when did the idea first mm-hmm. come into your heads oh. well yeah. it's been a long time I think for both of us mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean um, Nikki and I have been working together for a, a few years now and okay. we, we both sort of ha- had a vision um, I guess I, I work primarily with the physical body with as an osteopath and Nikki primarily with the emotional well-being of people okay and what we often did was refer people between the two of us um, because this mind-body link is, is, you know, we really recognize that it's there and, and that people need these, need help in, all, in different aspects of their being. And, and so we, we, we both wanted to progress our careers and a wellness center that incorporated all of these yeah. things was, yeah. was really quite a dream for both of us. Mm-hmm. 
it's quite nice. It sounds like you're almost like the Avengers and getting your special <laughs> powers together and you know and going let's yeah. let's let's team up and make a super team of. Uh, yeah. I like the sound of that. Sounds good. Um, Was there a specific reason where you guys? ended up designating where you are now did you see something particularly to the area or was it just spontaneous absolutely um i don't know if you've been down to newcastle business park but a few um, times we're yeah. right at the end of the newcastle business park there's loads of trees and flowers around us right. um it's on that run path uh, or the walk path um and we've got this amazing view of this river the river Tyne. Mm-hmm. it's absolutely spectacular um, and the building has um, floor-to-ceiling windows, so you get the most spectacular view while you're doing therapies. And you know, often people just walk into our rooms and go, "Oh, that's, I could just sit here all day." You know, I, I don't even need to have the yeah. treatment; just sitting here looking at the at the water. So it was quite important that um, the therapy centre that we chose mm-hmm. was going to be adding value to the therapies as well. So we were quite careful when we selected. I mean, it took us about a year to find this place. Um, I think people underestimate. I think people underestimate just how important something like that can be in terms of your outlook and in terms of therapy. That how 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 picturesque the surroundings can be and how uh, motivating can be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, your senses are so important in your well-being. So mm-hmm. when you are working on calming all your senses you're going to start to create an environment where the person automatically relaxes. It's not just therapy. You know, you need the person to start relaxing um, so that you can, whatever the therapy is, whether you're working on the body, the the mind, or the the spirit, you know, you need the environment to create the senses. And and we all know that when we're looking at relaxation, the first thing we do is we light a candle or we bring in flowers or, you know, we Mm -hmm. start looking at visual, you know, we start smelling things. So, you know, making sure that the senses are satisfied and relaxed is also important and wellness and it, because it's a, the business park am i assuming am i assuming that you you have a lot of business clients as well that that that, that, that kind of you know because i know in your website you talk about um, corporate well-being as well am i right in that yeah yeah that's right i mean nikki and i um our our client bases which we brought with us to um the clinic here um are just people that are from from the general population if you like um who have come to see us um, and continue to see us for their ongoing well wellness and well-being but being on the business park um it, it wasn't by coincidence we mm-hmm. are certainly looking at growing the, the corporate wellness aspect of our business mm-hmm. um because um, what we're seeing um, is that businesses are really taking an interest now in the wellness and well-being of, of their employees. And this is because yeah. um, they realize that sickness absence costs them money, low productivity costs them money, and mm. things to do with well-being, which is about creating balance and maintaining health and well-being, is better than, than letting people go off on the sick um, because they've not supported them when they could have done um, mm. and, and this saves money in the longer term so that's why it's good for business and yeah. and we're, we're hoping to be in there and, and be a key part of, of business's wellness strategy and policy. Mm. We've got a couple of um, companies that we're working with already so we are definitely um, focusing on growing that um, again because we can offer so many um, branches to wellness um, we are a good fit for a lot of companies, mm-hmm. um, you know, not just businesses who are, um, you know, chair, you know, office-based. 
you know, even factories where you've got people on, on yeah. the floor, you know, and they'll end up having injuries. Yeah. Um, so we are a good fit for a lot of corporations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, m- practically every job that you go into these days has an impact, some kind of impact on your yeah. either emotional well-being, if that's yeah. stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or long working hours, mm-hmm. um, or it's, it has an effect on your physical well-being. So whether that's sitting on, at a desk in a chair in a yeah. taxi, or um like being in a radio station <laughs> for two hours <laughs> <laughs> and not moving. Yeah. Can really. you set up an office here, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can come and help us during the show, would be really appreciated. <laughs> um, but I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk later. Um, is. Um, no, but the the, 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 the it's, I'm so glad you said that because it was leading to my next question. Was that um, we've had a, a company on? I think it was called Recovery. For, was it Recovery for Life? That's who right, did yeah. the um, who basically came in at the deep end of someone like you know potentially losing their job or having an addiction? I think they also books on addiction. Yeah, right? addiction and that kind of thing. Like for example, like if someone who's a heroin user and it's affecting their work. But I guess what your what you guys are saying, which I think is a really imp- important point, and this is why we do a radio show such as this, is that mental health and just general well being is 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 just as relevant. And also that affects everybody. Um, so the idea of like sort of preventing it before it gets worse. I mean, we're a big fan of prevention on this show, and think that that's the key. That's the key point in anyone's well-being is to prevent it from getting to a, a situation that's like you know chaotic or or, or, or like um, destroying their life or, or or like you know work or whatever. So. Um, it's pleasing that you guys are are filling a gap, as they say. Um, so, are you guys ready to to go now? Is the centre ready to be used? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been we've been. I mean, from first of August last year when we opened our doors. Okay. Um, Claire and I um, were had our existing practices beforehand, and we worked together with our clients through that. Um, and then last year August we opened our doors, and yeah, I mean we we've we quite a busy practice already so we're really lucky to do that mm. that's great i'm so glad to hear that and I, one last question I, I was interested in this word balance because um I, I wonder how you guys would define it what what would you, what would be a good a good definition of, of balance for, for a person is it sort of um when you when you consider is it mind is it is it mindful is it more physical i mean what's a good balance balance to a person or is it something that's very individual if you get my meaning Balance, I think a lot of people tend to focus on just specific aspects. So when they look at balance, they will just look at it as either balance of the mind or balance of the physical. Um, For me, balance is very much a completeness. It's a holism. So for you to experience balance, it means there's a synergy in your body. It means everything's working optimally in your body. That means the whole needs to be working optimally, not just one. Mm -hmm. You know, we tend to focus very much on our physical well-being, you know, so we train, we eat well, but we then internalizing everything. So that's not balanced, you know, like a Mm -hmm. balanced life doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you're healthy and fit. It means that needs to be incorporated in everything, doesn't it? Yeah. It means your emotional well-being needs to be balanced as well. Your spiritual, if people are happy to talk mm-hmm. about that, and also your energetic well-being. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. Anyway, so that's a great way to summarise because we need to wrap things up because we literally got about a minute and a half left in the show. So yeah. all it leaves me to say is um, back to balances, and it's in Newcastle Business Park. That's correct. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, have you have a website at all? Yes, we do. It's www.backbackbusiness.com. 
um, hyphen two to hyphen balance brilliant thank you so much and guys. You, you guys are going to be guests in a month's time aren't you coming to the studio which is yes we are we'll brilliant. look forward to seeing you then yeah brilliant well we will catch up with you then and thank you so much for being on and if anyone's got any issues uh, it, whether it be corporate wise or individual please do get, get in contact with Claire and Nikki thank thanks, you, thanks, thanks a lot Nikki, guys thanks and we will speak to you guys soon thank you thank you bye bye Excellent, right, so brilliant, we've got literally one minute left of the show, so all it leaves me to say is thank you to, once again, uh, as as he writes in his notes, the greatest co-host <laughs> there's ever been. <laughs> I'm <laughs> on the floor, guys, I'm yeah, he's, I know, he's literally like, he's put so much energy into this, I don't think his synergy is working. So <laughs> um, anyway, a uh, huge thank you to Eric and Graham from Clean Slate, to Sally Cullingworth, who was talking about Get Macy, and also she was part of... Aim Higher. Aim Higher, thank you. And um, Jenny Richardson from the, from Wish, the Charity. Wish Charity. And we just spoke to Claire and Nikki, who are part of Back to Balance. Mm-hmm. Um, we're being Mentally Sound. This is Spice FM 98.8 FM. We are at underscore Mentally Sound on the tweets, or on Facebook, or now on Instagram. And you can find us all on iTunes on the previous episodes. If you type Mentally Sound on iTunes, you'll find all the shows. But all it leaves me to say is thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we will be back in two weeks' time in September. See you guys then. Bye. Bye.